Texans, and welcome to the podcast. Great to have you listening. And as we record this, the roster has just come out, the first roster, I should say, of the 53 as the Texans have made their cuts. But this is a very movable object. A roster is always under construction. I say that every year, and it's all year long. But they had to get to 53. They made the moves that they felt were necessary and changes could occur even as you are listening to this right now. But let's get to some highlights of this 53-man roster, and we will get to the Deshaun Watson signing. The story came out Saturday morning that Watson signed an extension. Great news. There's plenty to talk about regarding that. But let's get to this roster. When I saw the initial 53, I noticed eight offensive linemen, which I thought was a low number, but you have to remember something very important about 2020, and that is – You have 16 players on the practice squad. You can have six veterans on the practice squad. That means no matter how much football you've played in this league, you could be on a practice squad. You could have Shane Leckler on a practice squad. All right, so it's not a shocker. You're going to be able to protect four players per week. So you could have a really good offensive lineman, or good enough anyway, to play for you on that practice squad. You're probably going to have three, I would say. As we record this, the practice squad announcement has not come out yet. But eight offensive linemen, no shockers here as far as who made it. Charlie Heck, the rookie out of North Carolina, one of the three tackles on the roster. Did I say three? Because it's more than that, really. When you look at Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, and Roderick Johnson, all right, there's three right there. Then you got Charlie Heck. That's four tackles. But you also have the possibility in a pinch, in an emergency, of Max Sharping being, being able to play tackle. He's, of course, a guard. Zach Fulton can play center. I bring this up because Nick Martin is obviously your starting center. But Greg Mance was released along with the rest of the lot on Saturday. So that was a bit of a surprise right there uh, to some. If you've been watching practice, and I know you haven't, we have, uh, you notice they've been doing a lot of mixing and matching at the backup center position to try to see who could do it well in a pinch in a situation where Martin might not be available. And we've seen these things happen through games. I mean, Greg Mance, his second year in the league, he started all season long uh, because of the injury to Nick Martin. And Mance was injured his rookie year. I mean, you just never know how these things are going to play out. You absolutely have to have insurance at that position group, at all position groups, really. But eight offensive linemen making it, I thought that was notable. Now, the tight end position, we thought, well, four, right? It's going to be four because you're going to have – Kahale wearing maybe. You're going to have Darren Fells and Jordan Akins as your top two based on what they did last year. And Jordan Thomas had a nice camp. You've read the reports. Thomas having a nice camp. He did. But he was on the outside looking in when Saturday came as he was released as well. Practice squad eligible. Everybody is virtually. Uh, or he can go to another team. We'll see what happens with Jordan Thomas. Again, as you're listening to this, things are changing rapidly. What about the running back group? Now, This has been a big subject for uh, John Harris and myself throughout training camp, all the shows we do. And I thought the depth at running back was a question mark as far as what you knew, what you knew. 
backs in this league with some experience. What do you have? You really didn't have anything behind Duke Johnson and David Johnson that you were sure of. Buddy Howell ran well in a preseason game last year. You know Buddy Howell can play special teams. Buddy Howell's on this football team. He's a reserve running back special teamer. Cullen Gillespie as well. You know Cullen can make some plays. But if something, God forbid, would happen to Duke and David, would Cullen be able to carry the ball 10 times in a game? He could physically do it. Is he going to produce for you? I don't know. Uh, But he knows the offense well. He can make plays. He's a good special teamer, clearly part of this football team. But they also reportedly signed C.J. Procise, former Seahawk, to the practice squad. So that's a good pickup for them as well in an insurance situation at the running back position. And, again, more things could be happening as we speak. A little surprise here that they keep seven wide receivers, at least in the early going. As you know, you have Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. Of course, they were going to be part of this team. DeAndre Carter, a virtual lock because of his return skills, and he's a good wide receiver as well uh, in a pinch, or maybe not even in a pinch, just to be out there. You know, you're not going to put them in guts-of-the-game snap situations unless there are injuries, but you've had to do that from time to time. And Isaiah Coulter, the rookie from Rhode Island, makes the 53, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise. I thought maybe he'd be one of those four protected in the early going on the practice squad, and they'd work him in, but they didn't want to chance him being left out there. And it's an interesting preseason because it's not like Coulter could play in these preseason games and get a lot of tape and and enable teams to see what he can do. But they just decided, "Mm -mm, we're not going to take that risk of somebody picking up Coulter. They like him a lot. John Harris has talked about him a bunch. A 200-pounder, 6'2", a lot of capability here. So we'll see how it goes with him. Two quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, A.J. McCarron, and that's your offense. Now, the D-line got interesting come cut-down time because – being let go, Angelo Blackson. So low let go, and I was a little surprised about that. And the surprise addition, they picked him up in the preseason, but he was a ramp-up guy. And I noticed he was out there the other night for the scrimmage, the final scrimmage. P.J. Hall, uh, former Raider, third year out of Sam Houston State. He makes the 53 initially, so good for him. Six feet, 305 pounds, a good nose tackle, a guy with a uh, A lot of capability. Again, he's got a lot of potential here, so we'll see how that works out. We'll see if he gets into the game on Thursday night. I'm not sure about this. I mean, he might still be in ramp-up mode as far as his ability to play a lot of snaps throughout a 60-minute NFL game. Actually, they probably all are, I mean, all around the league based on the way this camp has gone. But we'll see what P.J. Hall can bring. Uh, But the rest of the D-line, Carlos Watkins, who you know hasn't always been active, uh, but he's making the 53 here while Angelo Blackson gets released. And Big Z, the rookie, who you've heard a lot about, also gets released, practice squad candidate for sure. Ross Blacklock, of course, makes it. DJ Dunny, Brandon Dunn, Charles Amenahu, and, of course, number 99 is on that D-line. Nine linebackers, not a shocker here. Usually you'd get at least eight, obviously, uh, in a 3-4 defense, 53-man roster make situation. But they have nine, Zach Cunningham, Tyrell Adams, Dylan Cole, Jonathan Grenard outside, Jacob Martin outside, McKinney inside, Scarlett outside, Callum By inside, can play some outside. He started his career as an outside linebacker. And Whitney Merciless, he rounds out that nine linebacker bunch. Now, in the secondary, 
12 players. Uh, I want to point something out here that you have 12 players in the secondary of seven wide receivers. John Weeks got released, but he'll be added again, unless he says no. Uh, reportedly, according to, I think it was Mark Berman who tweeted it out, that the intention was to re-sign John Weeks. It's one of those roster things where you have to IR guys and then you bring back a veteran. Or uh, Just trust me. This is kind of got to be in by 3 o'clock stuff, and then you're going to change the way you do certain things uh, as far as rounding out that 53. So this is hardly written in stone. But for the moment, 12 DBs on the 53. And let's see if there are any surprises here. I think Philip Gaines, candidate to go to IR. We'll see. Not sure. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, Eric Murray, Gary and Conley, Bradley Roby, Justin Reed, Michael Thomas, Cornell Armstrong, Lonnie Johnson. You know these names. A.J. Moore, good special teamer, can play some safety in a game for you as well. John Reed, the rookie from Penn State, and Keon Crossan, uh, very good special teams player, can play in that DB unit in an actual game situation for sure and produce. Fairbairn and Anger are your specialists, so there's your 53. All right, a little bit. And again, that's going to change. Get ready. A little bit on Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, I've been around here for a while. This is my 19th season calling Houston Texans football. And you've been watching Texans football for 19 years, many of you. And you know that you've never had the feeling going into a game that you do with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. You just never have. Now, Matt Schaub was a good quarterback here for a while. There's no doubt that... When you had Schaub here, you had a good quarterback, a very solid quarterback. You felt good about a lot of games and your chances to win those games with Schaub at the helm. You did win a bunch of games, okay? Schaub came in in 07. You go 500. Now, he got hurt a bunch, but Rosenfels filled in when he did. And 08, he got hurt for a while as well. Rosenfels filled in nicely, uh, but Schaub finished off the season and went 3-1 and one down the stretch, and you finished 8-8 eight and eight again. In 09, you went 9-7 and seven for the first time, and you were really off and running. 2010 was a bad year at 6-10, and 10, but a lot of that had to do with the defense. Shaw put up good numbers again. In 11, he got hurt. 12, he didn't, and you went 12-4. and four. Uh, I know you didn't play well down the stretch in 2012. We don't need to recap that. My point is this. You had a good quarterback here, a franchise-type quarterback in Matt Schaub, no doubt about it, but not an MVP candidate, okay? I know he was MVP of the Pro Bowl in 09, and he led the league in passing yardage and everything, but, you know, you still have Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, guys like that in the league, and there was no way that Matt was going to threaten those guys as far as an MVP trophy score. But Deshaun Watson is an MVP candidate every year. I don't care if Pat Mahomes... LeVar Jackson, Brady's still in the league, Breeze, Russell Wilson, whoever, Aaron Rodgers, Watson, yeah, those guys are great. But Watson is a candidate, a candidate for MVP every time he takes the field on opening day. There's no question about it. You have one of the elite quarterbacks in this league right now, and it's a very different feeling. It's a very different feeling. Now, the Texans the last couple of years, Watson's two full years playing, They've won 11 games and 10 games, respectively. There have been a lot of instances where he's had to make plays, dramatic plays, to help you win games, but that's what all great quarterbacks do. I mean, there's no but to it. I mean, it's thank goodness you have a guy to do that because for years, the first decade of the history of this franchise, the Colts dominated the AFC South simply because, mostly, because their quarterback was just better than everybody else's. All right, They had Peyton Manning, and it just was wasn't no contest. I mean, you were able to win some games against him. By you, I mean, I'll use second person here to address the other teams in the division. And the Texans beat him once in 06. 
and then they did not beat him again until 2010. Think about that for a moment. You beat him in 06, swept in 07, 08, and 09, and then you finally got him 2010 opening day. Since then, the series has been very even between the Colts and the Texans, but they dominated that first decade, and they dominated the other teams as well. The Titans won the division in, what was it, 08? with that 13-3 and team led by Kerry Collins. And they had some good years with Vince Young finishing 10-6 and once. Uh, you looked at, uh, let's see, Tennessee when Steve McNair and Manning were co-MVPs in the early O's. They had one season like that. I think it was 03-04. But here's the point. That was 03, I believe. Here's the point. They were so dominant in the division because of Manning. And how many Super Bowls did the Colts win with Manning? Everybody? You can count them on one finger, okay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's fantastic. We'd all love one Super Bowl. But that happened in 06. And as many times as they got in, they only won once. I bring that up. You you can't look at New England and just assume you're going to win it that many times. I mean, Brady's got six rings. But I bring it up just to point this out. You've got to get in virtually every year. Get multiple shots at it. And eventually you will break through and win one. And hopefully you win more than one. But with Watson, you have a chance to get there every year. Every year you have a good, solid chance of winning this division, getting into the postseason. See how it goes. Maybe you have home field throughout. Maybe you don't. Now that you have seven teams going in, only one team can can get that by even. But just enjoy this. I wrote it in Vandermeer's view about the Watson re-signing or signing of the extension that you got to stop and smell the roses here. You are watching a golden era of this franchise right now because you have number four at the controls. There's nothing like it, having one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, hopefully it can go on forever. Hopefully Watson plays 15 years and you go on to the next guy, kind of like the Packers did with Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It does not happen very often, folks. It really doesn't. That is just fairy tale stuff, what Green Bay has been able to enjoy, really. And how many Super Bowls have they won? With Favre, what was that, one? And with Rodgers, what was that, one? So as good as you have it at quarterback, it doesn't mean you're going to win tons of championships, but it means you got a shot every year, and that's what you want. It's just worth its weight in gold, and that's a lot of gold going the way of Deshaun Watson. But again, worth every penny to have that opportunity, and you have one of the greatest athletes you've ever seen here at the quarterback position, and what a thrill it is. What a privilege it is to be able to watch Deshaun Watson do his thing every weekend we just can't wait for the future all right a few things here chiefs thursday night in the opener and that's going to be a 7:20 central kickoff we'll have it for you of course on the radio it's going to be on nbc kprc2 and a lot of programming leading up to it sports radio 610 doing their 100 hour pregame show and obviously texans radio ancillary programming a big part of that and I just can't wait for the whole thing. I mean, it's it's here. It's going to be a lot different without fans and the pandemic, all that that entails. But let's enjoy. Let's cherish these moments. You know, who knows what happens? Let's just enjoy football while it's back. Texans have opening night. This is the biggest non-playoff primetime game in the history of the franchise. It's really safe to say that. Think about that for a moment. Because you've played a lot of big Sunday night and Monday night games. But as far as non-playoffs go, I mean, other than opening night, all right, that was a huge game. That started the franchise. But just being part of the NFL on a 
regular basis since you've been part of this league. It's really the biggest primetime non-playoff game you've ever played. The world is watching. You're playing the defending Super Bowl champions at their place, a place where you had that big lead in the playoffs last year, but you weren't able to hold on. So let's see if they can do it this time. It's going to be fun. Thrilled that you can be a part of it. Have a great day, everyone, and keep it locked in. HoustonTexans.com, the Texans app. We have all the videos, all the articles, all the information, the roster, all of it. It's going to be changing day to day. We really appreciate you listening to Vandermeer's View. Have a great day, and go Texans.